Ready, set, game cast. Shut up and sit down. Welcome to Ready Set Gamecast, a bi-weekly podcast about video games and the Antique Roadshow. I'm Bryce, and I'm joined by the notorious antiquer of the West, Darren. Yo, I think I'd be the antiquer of the East, though. No. But I'm from the East side of the state. But you're in the West of the country, and we're in the Old West. Or something. We're in the Midwest. I'm in the middle of the Bam! country. Bam! <laughs> Midwest, I win. <laughs> but I'm in the middle. <laughs> hey, Darian, what antique do you have for us to appraise today? So I've got this old Sega Genesis that we can try to appraise. As you can see, it does have a few bumps and scrapes. Um, it has had a few years of wear and tear. Um, I got these cool buttons here. This one is the reset button. Ooh. Oh, there's hair on there, too. And this one... Is it antique oh, hair? It's antique hair. <laughs> oh. it's, and this is the it's power button. Heirloom hair. This is where the cat car- cartridge input is. Okay, so so it does or does not take a cat? Does not take a cat. Oh. Unless it's a cat game. I mean, you could probably still put a cat in there, but it wouldn't really do much with it. You know, you could you could probably put a cat paw in there. Okay, as long as it's cat compatible in some way. Now, if you need help, read the owner's manual thoroughly before you read your or connect your system. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know how to read, okay? What does this do? She's learning about her antiques at live as it's happening. There's, Usually that's my a... job to tell her about Ooh. it. But now she's breaking the antique. <laughs> Okay, so the value of that went from $2,000 to negative five. You need to pay us money for looking at that now. No, no, no. I think that's so that you can clean it out because it's it's meant to be removed. You just said the words do not remove. No, the thing on the inside that I uncovered says do not remove. If I put it right. See in there... It says, very hard to see, do not remove. I see the word. I think that's because this is the motherboard of the Sega Genesis. How did you come upon this antique? Was it I passed down? I took it down? from my parents. Ooh, passed down <laughs> through the family line. Pass, passed down from generations. I'm just going to set that nicely on my floor. Mm. <laughs> I would say that is worth a good $20. dog. Uh, So, Darren, what video games have you been playing? This week I haven't been playing that many video games um, because I've been doing a lot of ranked in League. So, mostly been playing League of Legends. I did take... (laughs) Darren's like, I haven't been playing that many video games because I've been too busy playing video games. Yeah. Well, a specific game mode in one specific video game. I think I only spent, like, half an hour. Mm, No, maybe I spent a few hours, because it's been two weeks, right? So one Friday, I did a lot of Zelda. Uh, But last Friday, I did a lot of ranked, so I didn't play that much Zelda. I probably played, like, half an hour, because 
The last time I played Zelda, I got to a part that is incredibly difficult, and I died, and it forced me out of the area and made me restart. And so it's in the desert, and so I had to do the dumb, like, it's not dumb, it's just weird, like the the sand uh, seals or whatever. You have to ride the sand seals outside of the Garuda place. Okay. And I, str- I mean, I had to ride them to the Yiga, tr- Yiga clan to do that mission. And I died because I thought, I was like, oh, I fought these guys before. I can fight them. And I got caught and I could not fight them because they one shot you <laughs> if you get caught. <laughs> so I was like... This took way too much time to get to, and I'm not doing it again right now. <laughs> I uh, I loaded up Legend of Zelda the other day, because uh, you had been playing, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll try and uh, get the memories and stuff, see see what all that's about. Um, and I loaded up, and it my last save was uh, just before fighting Ganon at the castle, so I'm, I'm like in the castle, um, kind of at the edge of the castle. I just kind of, like, had to get out of the castle, and I had not played in a while, so I didn't, like, have the the button, you know, what what to press, like, instinctively, um, and obviously the, the castle's kind of guarded by all those guardian things that do those mm-hmm. laser beams and stuff, so I'm just, like, running, just trying to get where I think the memory is, and just getting shot by those, um guardians constantly and luckily i had like five or six fairies so they kept like killing me and i just come back because of the fairies but frick like eventually i just ran out of lives and was like no no i'm 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 not capable of playing this game right now so i put that down did you load up like after you finished because i thought you finished the game no i'm there you can't play after you finished it just like because the world's all fixed and stuff so the if you beat the game, the most recent save you'll have is um before Ganon's been defeated. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um but I the last uh, week I have been playing Fortnite because I was gonna play uh Overwatch had a free weekend and I was going talking to this girl and I was like oh, we should play the Overwatch deal. And she had not played Overwatch, and I was like, well, we can do a free weekend. And went to play it, and it turned out she does not have PlayStation Plus, so she Mm. could not participate in the free weekend. So I was like, okay, well, I guess there are some free games that you could play. So we downloaded Fortnite, uh, because anything that's like completely free, free free-to-play, you can play online with others without the PlayStation Plus. Um which is very few games, but Fortnite is included in that, and we're messing around, and we're very bad at it, and I don't really like it that much. We play, <laughs> we played a lot of it, but, like, the, the shooting feels so bad. Like, I feel clumsy every time I try and shoot anyone, um, and... Even with a gun with, like, a scope, like, I will get a sniper rifle, and I feel like I can only hit people if they're just standing still. 
if they're moving even a little bit, like it feels like it takes too long for the bullet to get there, that hmm. them moving is just like nope. Um, so yeah, I'm not a very big fan of the combat and that game in general, but it's one of the few games that uh, me and Aaron can play. So we might play more. I don't know season three just started. Uh, also. Like, I was hoping that, like, in an Overwatch style or, like, there's a lot of uh, free-to-play games that if you play, you'll earn, like, crates or stuff. You'll you'll earn uh, stuff, but no, the they have, like, a battle pass thing that you can pay that you'll get stuff as you play a lot, but that you, you have to put at least some money in to really get anything. They're, like... There is a very limited amount of stuff that you can get for free, but it's v- you have to play a shit ton to get the very, very little free stuff. Whereas mm. if you pay them to get the battle pass, then you can get a lot of stuff very easily. And it, yeah, it feels like they're really kind of pushing you to, to put money into this um, more than other kind of free to play or type games do. Uh, which no, is kind you of played like the, you played the PlayStation version of the yeah, game? Yeah, we were playing on PS4. You haven't tried it on the PC yet? Uh, I have not. I have not. It, yeah, the maybe the shooting's better on uh, PC because you actually got a mouse, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, everybody else was obviously playing. I, I don't think it's shared between... No, it might be. I think, I think maybe PC players and PS4 people can play together. So maybe... Um... Maybe that's the the thing with cross um, platform play is that generally it's it's kept console to console instead of PC to console because PC players usually have an advantage. Well, um, the, the Xbox and uh, PS4 will never be able to play together just because Sony doesn't want that, so it's not going to be. I mean, that way. I think eventually they'll fold. But right now, it's not. It's not coming soon. But I think eventually we'll get it. I think. I think it would take Sony to have to fall a decent amount for them to want to do a concession like that. Obviously, Xbox is all about it because they don't have a great position. So, like, if. If they can do crossplay, then they can at least say, "Hey, if all of your friends on PS4, you can still play with them if you have an Xbox." But now, like, if all of your friends are on PS4, you need to buy a PS4 if you want to play with them. So it it does nothing, or it only helps Xbox uh, for them mm-hmm. to do that. Um, and obviously, that's not something uh, Sony wants to give up. Uh, but getting into the news. You know who else has a very good lead, or who had a very good lead recently? Love. In the in the recent Splatfest that we talked about in the last show, it was Love vs. Money, and Love won in a 2-1 to one lead. So, I, I am excited that that is where it went. Uh, also, uh, because Teddy went Team Money, we did have to get rid of him, so... We killed him. Yeah, <laughs> again. Every time, Out of love. every time he's been gone, he's he died. <laughs> um, so that was a cool little thing. Um, also, Darren, can you tell me about some puppies? 
Um, what kind of puppies? Well, like lots big of... Big puppies, little puppies. All kinds Funny story, of puppies. I just gave a puppy to one of my friends, um, and his name is Groot. Your friend's <laughs> name puppy. is Groot? You, no, you the know, puppy's name is Groot. You know the... I know Groot, personally. <laughs> Pic- picture Groot with a puppy for a minute. That's like he'd be like ra- like baby Groot. Like well, no, I'm pi- like I'm, I'm picturing adult Groot. In the movie Groot. universe right now, I'm oh. picturing adult Groot, but still, he'd be very loving towards that puppy. That's true. He'd take very good care of it. Um. So, in honor of the year of the dog. Um, Overwatch had a puppy rumble. Which is the Chinese... The Chinese New Year. Yep, sorry. Um, the Year of the Dog. Um, Overwatch had a puppy rumble, and they had a bunch of puppies that, I guess, were playing characters from the game? I mean, they were dressed up as different characters from the game. Okay. And they were like, there was two flags on the the in the area and they they were bones um and basically they were like supposed to it was supposed to be a capture the flag and they were supposed to like oh. you know carry the uh flag to the other side but because they're puppies they just did not give they a shit each other the whole time and they were all up for adoption yeah um, it was could uh, adopt all of the baby it was puppies. a charity to kind of uh help these dogs get uh, adopted and kind of uh, raise awareness to all of these uh, dog adoption places to try and get people to kind of adopt these dogs and other dogs yeah. uh, like them. So it was super cute. Um, from what I remember hearing, Bryce had a favorite puppy. <laughs> it was Lulu. Lulu? Okay, so... They put Lulu as uh, Symmetra, which I believe is the healer um, sniper. Symmetra's not a healer. Isn't she? What's Symmetra? Symmetra is the... She makes little turrets, and um, she has a laser gun that shoots continuously, and... um, Symmetra. Because Ana is the one with the sniper that heals. Okay, yeah, I know this chick, but I've never, I did not know what her powers were. Her ult either is a teleport or is a shield generator now, I think. So she's kind of a support class? She is a support class, she's just not a healer. Okay, okay. Uh, But yeah, so Lulu uh, was an eight-week-old Chihuahua Terrier mix. Um, I think I see her right now. <laughs> and like three pound, and she was just in the center, just like f- fighting and playing with all of the other dogs. Like there was like this huge dog that just um, would always come up, and Lulu would just like mess them up, like two on one. Like Lulu, Lulu. There was occasionally times that other dogs would kind of sniff at the flag, and Lulu would just go like, no no go away <laughs> it was <laughs> like i'm sure lulu was probably one of the first uh dogs adopted i know i was like i went on the website i was like lulu available and they're like no no <laughs> <laughs> no, no sorry uh so that was a kind of cool thing uh I, it was uh as part of the overwatch league um 
It was hosted by their Twitch channel, and and they even had like commentators like talking over the whole thing, like acting like it was a real Overwatch match. Was like, mm-hmm. okay, like we know these are just puppies, and most of the puppies were just kind of like in the corners. There was a rock that like maybe like six of the dogs peed on. <laughs> <laughs> It was very, uh, very interesting, oh, but yeah, geez. that that was a kind of cool thing that they did to uh, help uh, promote uh, dog adoptions. It's kind of like the the puppy bowl, like the thing that happens during the Super Bowl, but with Overwatch League. Mm. Um, so we have some other big video game news about Riot Games, Darian. Who's Riot Games, and what did they do? Oh. Who's Riot? Yep. You've probably never never heard of them. They made a game it's called League of Legends, and they also have a tabletop game that is based off of League of Legends that really? I can't remember the name of. Yeah. Okay. Well, say more words. Mechs versus Minions. That's based um, off League? Yeah, it uses characters from League. Mm. Um... It uses Yordles, which is a race in the League universe, um, to go against the minions, which I wanted to get and forgot about, and now I remember it exists, so I'm going to have to see if there's a way for me to order it on here. Anyway, um, but they've released um, official drop rates for um, the loot boxes, um, which is kind of exciting. We've been talking recently about how people feel about, you know, loot crates as a system. Is it gambling? You know, what's what have you? Um, and they've officially released it, um, the percentages for what everything drops. So out of a Hextech chest, just a regular Hextech chest, um, you have a 50% chance of getting a skin shard, a 25% chance of getting a champion shard, 10% chance of getting a permanent... Em- uh, emote, um, 11.5% chance of getting a ward skin shard and 150 bonus orange essence. Um, and you have a 3.5% chance of getting a summoner icon shard plus 150 bonus orange chest or essence. And then, um, there's some bonus drops that'll drop next to, um, the other things that'll drop. And that's a, you have a 3.6% chance of getting a gemstone, um, and you have a 10% chance of getting another bonus chest and a key. So it's basically you get another just free chest to open um, 10% of the time. So that's like one out of every 10, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Um, and someone did the math, and, and the way the gemstones drop, it's like um, if you don't get some every f- uh, 50 boxes. Um, oh, it actually explains this down here. Never mind. I'll get to that. So... The th- there's also special rules for Hextech chests, which is really exciting. Um, these are kind of recent changes because I had a, a conversation with one of my viewers. He has a skin shard. Um, I, I'll cover that actually when I get there. So equal odds. So outside of Hextech exclusive skins, all skins in the system have the same odds of dropping. Um, so any given ultimate skin is just as likely to drop as a cheaper skin. So an ultimate skin is worth, um, I think it's something near $20. Um, 
And it's kind of cool that it has equal chance of dropping next to something that would cost like $2. Um, so that's kind of cool. Now this next one is where that comes from. Um, the big drops free unlock. So when you drop an ultimate or a mythic skin, and mythic skin is Hextech exclusive, um, they are supposed to be auto-redeeming permanents, so you don't have to use orange essence to upgrade them because orange essence is the um, the currency that you have to use to unlock skins and and um, the uh, aesthetic stuff that you get out of the Hextech boxes. But um, if you get a big expensive skin, you don't have to use orange essence to unlock it. You'll just already get it, which is cool because the orange essence that it takes to unlock certain skins, um, it's, it's balanced based on what the skin costs. So like a $20 skin, if they made you use orange essence to unlock it would be a ridiculous amount of orange essence. Um, now that came up in conversation recently on my stream because one of my friends, like a week before they dropped this, um, uh, th this information um, showed us that he has an ultimate, um, the Elementalist Lux skin, and he has a skin shard, but he doesn't own the skin. And so it should have given it to him uh, as a free unlock, but he has to use Orange Essence. So, like, he's convinced he's never going to have it. <laughs> um, so that's a recent change that they did. Um, there's also uh, Bad Luck Protection. So you can't open three chests without getting a skin shard. Um, bonus gemstones um, have a regular 3.6% chance of dropping, um, but since you can't go more than 50 boxes without getting a gemstone, that actually brings the overall drop rate up to 4%. Um, chests inside chests, they have 10% drop chance to drop another Hextech chest, and you get a key to open it as well, which is really cool. Um, Hextech exclusives... Outside of redeeming gemstones for these skins, they also have a 1 in 2,500 chance to drop alongside the normal Hextech chest content. Um, no cheap champs. So in the champion shards that it drops, um, you don't get a, a champion that's worth less than 4,800 blue essence, which is good because those are the cheap champions that are easy to acquire anyway. <laughs> so um, there's also new chests that they announced um, and they're called masterwork chests, um, which I'm going to guess, yeah, they cost 100 RP more total? No, they cost more RP. I don't remember exactly how much one of them costs, but they cost more overall, but they have a higher chance of dropping, they have 70% chance of dropping a skin shard. Um, they have 10% chance of dropping 525 orange essence, 10% chance of an emote permanent dropping, and a 10% chance of a ward skin shard and 150 bonus orange essence. And then the gemstone and bonus chest and key have the same percentages as a regular chest. So these are specifically for skins and aesthetic things. Um, they don't have a chance to drop any champion shards. So that's really cool that they released that information um, because it'll help convince people whether or not, or help people decide whether or not they want to spend money on it, basically. Anyway. <laughs> so, I think that, I mean, 
the them revealing their percentages is very good and is a trend we're seeing uh to several game uh between several games and i think that is due to the big controversy surrounding um loot boxes lately which we will get uh into the meat of because uh the new hampshire senator maggie hassan called on the ESRB to reconsider their stance on loot boxes. Um, so I'm going to read her uh, letter uh, that she wrote to the president of uh, the Entertainment Software Ratings Board. So the people who, like, say um, the ratings of games, uh, you know, M-rated, blah, 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 um, and such. Uh, Patricia Vance, who is the president, she says... Dear Mrs. Vance, I write to you today regarding an important issue, an important gaming issue that was brought to my attention by a constituent. The Entertainment Software Ratings Board, ESRB, has an important uh, mission in both providing parents with the necessary information to make decisions about the suitability of games and their content for children, as well as ensuring that the industry is following responsible marketing practices. The ESRB rating system is of great value to parents across the country, empowering uh, parents to inform decisions on their behalf, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, As technology advances, the ESRB must work to keep pace with new gaming trends, including the in-game microtransactions and predatory gaming tactics, particularly as they are deployed on minors. The prevalence of in-game microtransactions, often referred to as loot boxes, raises several concerns surrounding the use of psychological principles and enticing mechanics that closely mirror those found in casinos and games of chance. The potential for harm is real. Recently, the World Health Organization classified gaming disorder as a unique condition in its recent draft revision of the 11th international blah blah blah. While there was a... while there's a robust debate over whether loot boxes should be considered gambling, the fact that they are both expensive habits and use similar uh, psychological principles suggests that loot boxes should be treated with extra scrutiny. At minimum, the ratings the rating system should denote when loot boxes are utilized in physical copies of electronic games. Uh, to that end, I urge the ESRB to review the... Comp- uh, completeness of the board's rating system and policies as they relate to loot boxes and take into account the potential harm uh, blah 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 basically she uh, wants um, it to say on, on game boxes and, and similar to it saying violent games and such say if the game uses loot boxes um, I think that's pretty fair like um, people are saying, oh, it should be up to the parents to know what kids are playing. Uh, if they're, you know, if their kids are, are playing games with loot boxes, the ESRB, including that information in their rating on the box would go a long way to helping that. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, I, I don't really see a problem as long as, as long as they're not asking to like change the rating just because of the loot boxes. Um, I didn't read her statement or anything like that, but um, 
if if all she wants is for them to include hey like hey microtransactions are in this game in the form of loot boxes or however they would end up wording that like that's fine to me as long as it's not like oh this game has loot boxes now it needs a mature rating you know what i mean um yeah yeah uh I don't know. I would say I would think that maybe a loop boxes, depending on what they are, might push a game to a teen rating that may maybe that they shouldn't be included in a, you know, E for everyone title. And I think most games that have loot boxes already are. Yeah. Like yeah. Overwatch is T for teen. Yeah. They've had loot boxes. Um League of Legends is T for teen. Um Grand Theft Auto is M for mature audiences. Um, who else? Uh, is Destiny? Destiny's T for teen, right? Uh, I would imagine. Um, so, I mean, most of them are already yeah. at that T for teen, which I think is perfectly acceptable. I think uh, including, like, T for teen because of, you know, alcohol references, violence, whatever, and loot boxes or whatever however they didn't end up running that like that's totally fine to me um along those same lines uh we've talked about this before that hawaii has been going after loot uh boxes in the form of legislation and i think that like the new hampshire senator is kind of wants to message the ersrb which is the ESRB is not a government thing. That is the game industry trying to police themselves so that they don't have government oversight. But Hawaii is, is looking to introduce uh, legislation that would uh, prohibit games from being able to sell boxes to anyone under the age of 21. Uh, while the, that's the first uh, of two bills. While the second one would require publishers to prominently label games containing such randomized purchase systems, as well as disclose the probability of rates of receiving each loot box reward, which I think we're seeing, um, uh, like with uh, League of Legends, uh, games already starting to release that information, I think to try and head off this type of stuff so that they go mm-hmm. like oh you don't need to to try and put this in the law because we're already doing right. it um right uh as for prohibit games from being able to i mean that's excessive would, to me how, that would be a really hard to police like don't you have to be 18 to gamble like yeah. You can gamble once you're 18, so, like, why would they make it 21? Unless, for some reason, they have, a, a you know, a harder rule on that. Because I know that there are some states that are, like, you know, you can drink if you're 18 or whatever. So, maybe Hawaii, you have to be 18 to gamble. But, at the same time, yeah, how would you police that? Like, oh, I have to see your ID to buy this game? Like, I get that if it's, like, a 12-year-old trying to buy a game, but, like... If I'm in high school and I want to play an M game, like you're not gonna stop me. <laughs> like, I do think that they're not saying that you you can still play the game, but you can't buy the boxes, which 
is even harder to police. Oh, yeah, good like, luck with that. Okay, you can technically buy Overwatch and play Overwatch, but you're locked out of the loot boxes, and how would you even prove that you're 21? Yeah, I mean, I can enter my birthday and lie about it. Yeah. On yeah, the internet, be... like, what are you going to do? I'm not going to give you my social security number and, you know, private information to play a game. That's weird. Uh, So, yeah, that would not go great um but the esa which hopefully i can find out uh the entertainment software association uh offered their opinion on those bills and they say as an industry we take our responsibility consumers very seriously and continually work to create greater awareness and transparency about the wide range of in-game experiences said the spokesman we strongly believe that the industry's robust self-regulatory self regula- eh, effort remain the most effective way to address these important issues, and that system has proven uh, has a proven and long record of doing so. Some consumers and parents ha- may have questions about how loot boxes work, and the ESA has demonstrated commitment to providing information to gut guide consumers especially parents in their purchase decisions um so i think i think that 21 bill is dumb uh but that second bill which i think the esrb just needs to do themselves is put it on the box that has loot crates and release the the drop information which i think we're Uh already i I think we're going to see them do on their own um, yeah i'm pretty sure we're already on route to that because PUBG released theirs um didn't who else released theirs recently uh i think i, I think there was like did. a mobile game that did it like i think the first one we saw was kind of a, a random mobile game and mm-hmm. then we saw PUBG drop uh drop some of their stuff uh mm-hmm. De- didn't destiny did they do that that's, i i that's what i was wondering yeah <laughs> where's I, teddy Teddy. I just tried to Google Teddy instead of Destiny <laughs> 2. <laughs> I would love... What What comes up when you Google Teddy? Probably bears. I would imagine. Just proving that Teddy is actually a bear. No, no, whoa. Okay. First thing that came up was Teddy. One piece and bodysuit lingerie from Victoria's Secret. So, wow, that's some interesting SEO that's going on. Uh, Yeah, apparently Teddy the Garment, like the, uh, is the the first thing that comes up. So I don't think they've released drop rates yet. Wait, public event reward revealed drop rates stats. Okay, so no, yeah, they did. They did release okay. their drop rates. Yeah, and I think, I mean, to be fair, I think them calling for this legislation is is what pushed the, the game in- industry to release the information. Just mm-hmm. like the back in the day, them calling to uh, ban uh, games like Mortal Kombat, what they considered horribly violent games back in the day is what created the ESRB and created the rating system to let people know. So so when 
when uh, the government seems to get involved in the game industry, the game industry tends to turn or to kind of p- police themselves and try and, and fix yeah. the problem before any laws actually have to get made. Yep, they take it back and then step it up a notch. So hopefully we'll see some changes. I mean, honestly, I, I in my opinion, as a gamer, I'm not the type of person to get caught up in that. I kind of like the era mystery, but I can completely see where people are coming from with wanting to know the drop rates and stuff. Like, I get it. Um, I, I understand why you would want that, but I'm not going to think too heavily into it because I'm not going to be like, oh, I've got a 50-50 chance of getting a skin shard when I open this box. Like, that's not something I really care about. I'm opening the box because it's like, ooh, what's in there? <laughs> so, and I do the same thing with Overwatch, too. Like, when I'm opening the boxes in there, I'm like, I don't care if there's a skin in here or not. Like, <laughs> let's go. What's in here? I think if you get the loot box to play in the game, uh, that's you. you don't care about it as much. But if you're putting money into it, well, and you can buy the boxes in League as well. Yeah. Um, and I do. <laughs> Anytime that there's an event that they release, like, specialty boxes or, like, you know, different styles of boxes or, like, sometimes they'll do, like, um, uh, like capsules instead of boxes. And it, it's basically all the same thing, but, like, with different stats because of whatever the event is. Like, when they first changed over from... Um, I, uh, um, IP, yeah, IP to Blue Essence, um, they did an event and you could buy, box it, or you could buy, like, gemstones and stuff with Blue Essence and stuff, um, but they also had specialty boxes at that time, I'm pretty sure, and for their Lunar Lunar Revel event, which is, like, the Chinese New Year event that they do, um, they also have... had specialty boxes and I bought like 20 of those or something like that because they have different drop rates and they have different stuff that they're um promising like you know buy these and you have an extra chance to get special currency we're running down this or during this event and that's more of what I'm looking for I don't particularly care what I'm getting out of the boxes but I think that's also because I have um more than I think I have like 75% of the skins in the game anyway, so. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, ho- I hope the game industry just kind of uh, fixes the problem themselves and, and we don't have to see too much in that way. Uh, yeah, I don't like the idea of legislation coming in and no. telling game devs what you have to do. Like, no, they'll, they'll step up. I, I think we'll see a positive change before anything like that happens. But... There has been a video game movie released recently. Can you tell me about that, Darian? Um, so it's called Papers, Please. Um, it's a short film um, based off of the game that is on Steam. Have you paid, played um, Papers, Please? I've played about like an hour of Papers, Please. And basically you you are a border patrol um, and you have to check people's um, papers to make sure that they're legit, let them in and out of the city. Um, it's actually kind of difficult um, because there's a bunch of different things you have to check to check the legitimacy of their papers. Yeah, it, start, it starts off simple enough of like, mm-hmm. okay, you just 
uh, can only let people from a certain country, I think. So you're just kind of looking at the countries. And then after yeah. after that, like, it's like, they have to have a work permit. They have to have, mm-hmm. like, their name correct. They have to, you know, you're checking everything and, and get pretty chaotic. Yeah, it gets, and then yeah, you're it also, gets dicey. <laughs> you're also, the amount of people you uh, check, like, if you check more people, you get paid more. And then you need to, like, pay for your food and, your, your like, your family's food and their medicine and stuff. Um, but then within that, there's like stories that happen. Like somebody will have their, their papers wrong, but they'll, they'll go like, please, like, um, my, my family's desperate. Like, I I know there's a problem, but like, I, I need help or whatever. Or somebody will have their papers correct, but they'll be like, see like the the person before them be like hey that person who's about to follow me is really shitty please don't let them in uh but you know their papers are correct so if you and each time you let someone in or reject someone who should like have like you get it wrong you get dinged and uh you get enough dings and you lose um so yeah you, you kind of like have to be strategic about it of like uh, do you put yourself first, or do you do you try and help people and stuff? Um, so go on about movie. Oh, so they made a a short film about it. It's like ten minutes long. You can see it on YouTube or Steam. I haven't seen it because I just saw this story. Um, but I'll probably be watching it either tonight or tomorrow. Um, because I did play a little bit of that game, and I like the uh, the premise of the game. I thought it was fun. It was very difficult for me. Um. But I think it's cool that they made a film about it, and you should go check it out because it's free, and why not? I did check it out. Um, it seems to the 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 video game has multiple endings and stuff uh, based on on your decisions, and it seems like it is pulled from the game itself. I I, I haven't so played. So it's like one of the endings you can get. Yeah, I I swear I haven't I haven't played in a long time. Uh, but I I'm pretty sure this is is one of the endings. Um, but yeah, it is, it's like a very minor ending. Um, so it is very cool to kind of see that played out. Um, and, and, and it's very well done. It is not in English. Uh, it does provide subtitles. Russian, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. But it's very well done and it's completely free. So I totally recommend it. Uh, if you, if you Google like papers, please, it'll say like papers, please 4k subs. That'll be the one you're looking for Mm -hmm. on YouTube. Um. So next, or you can find a link to it. Yeah. Um. If you find like the a news article that talks about it, but it's a, it's also on Steam. You can't go wrong if you find it on Steam because if you search papers, please, you're gonna get the game or the video. <laughs> and either way, you win. No. Uh, <laughs> if if you're trying to watch the movie, and it makes you uh, actually sort some papers. You might not be playing or watching the movie. <laughs> You might have picked the wrong one. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> if you have to pay for it, probably wrong. <laughs> um, but a game that I will be playing, paying for next month is Burnout Paradise Remastered, which will be coming to consoles March 16th. Uh, Burnout Paradise was a game for the PlayStation 3, I want to say, and Xbox uh, 360. That would have been the generation. And I remember... I played the ever-loving beep out of it uh, back in the day. They used they had different t- tiers of uh, licenses, 
And I got like the highest license you can get by basically doing every single race, every single activity available. Uh, I think I even had to do it like multiple times uh, and get like first place and stuff um, every time. Uh, but what what really made me sad is that um, it did it, they did have like online stuff with it, which I didn't really mess with the online. Um, but they they introduced uh, PlayStation trophies after that game was out, mm. and and originally the platinum was to get uh, the Paradise license, the very top license. Um, and then, like, for some reason, my save was gone. I think I ended up having a new PlayStation, um, and, like, I didn't have my save. So, I, I tried to redo it, but it was, like, took, it was gonna take way too long. And then they later changed it to the new standard, uh, for, for Platinums, is that you have to get every single trophy, and then you get the Platinum. And that, I think that involved getting, like, the online stuff, and... And while I was playing with other people, and it was kind of annoying. Um, so, but I, I played that. It was I really loved that game. It was a very cool blend of like open world and and kind of more focused uh, race and stuff, which was cool because it all allowed you to do use shortcuts and kind of uh, play more freely and kind of you know try go like okay, this is kind of the main road, but I know if I go off this way, I'll kind of get there uh, faster, which is very cool. So I will be definitely playing that come March 16th. Uh, All right. Now, I never played Burnout Paradise, but I played the shit out of Need for Speed Underground 2, which is on the PlayStation 2. And that's probably my favorite racing game of all time. Did you ever play that one? I... Yes. Yes, I did a little bit. It had a really good soundtrack. And, like, the the car customization was, like, my favorite did it have Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne? I don't know. It had Riders on the Storm or Rider, Riders on the Storm by um oh god by No by The Doors. Need for Speed Underground 2. Okay, well, uh, Burnout Paradise uh, had Avril Lavigne or had Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne, and you know when that song came on, I was I was like I was just kind of playing all chill and stuff. But then when that song came on, I just sat up in my chair and like, yeah, boys, now we doing it, hmm. now we racing. And it'll actually all be right. very interesting to see if they can got the full soundtrack back for re- the remastered. I really hope they did, but. With, with these kind of things, you know. Oh, yeah. That, sometimes that ooh, doesn't see, happen. See, and that's something that I'd be curious to see, too. I never played it. I'm I'm thinking about it, and you, you said it, it was like a mix of open world and... and... Yeah. Yeah, te- technically, it was uh, open world that you can kind of go anywhere, and there was some, like, challenges and stuff. Are that... you just driving the whole time? Yeah, you're, you're just in okay. the car. Um, uh, there's, like, some billboards scattered around, so you can kind of look for those... But then at any intersection, you uh, squeal your tires or whatever, you know, get a gas and brake at the same time, and that'll trigger a race. And then you'll have to get from where you are to a different point. And, and there'll be, like, GPS kind of telling you where to go, but then you also do have the option of, like, oh, I know there's a shortcut over here, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So that's very cool. And, and they do have uh, 
uh, online multiplayer, what was cool, <laughs> and both both very like um, risky for them at the time, and did, did to my knowledge did not go great, was that when you uh, smash someone in uh, in uh, Burnout Paradise, so you can like smash into a car and basically make them like crash and explode and stuff, and then they come back. Um, whenever it did that, if they had a PlayStation camera plugged in, it would take a picture of their face when they did that. So, oh, no. Yeah, people showed things that weren't their face. Like, <laughs> um, like dicks. Yeah. So, so, to my knowledge, that got disabled after a bit, but <laughs> that was a cool concept. That's the best troll. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, I love that idea. Oh man. Okay, Darren, can you tell me about some Nintendo news? Um, Nintendo has made it so that people can leave Switch game reviews on its site, um, which is kind of exciting because that's the first place I went to see, like, check for reviews when I was thinking about if I wanted to buy Odyssey or Breath of the Wild first. Spoiler alert: I bought Breath of the Wild first. Um. But I I looked there first and I realized they don't really have reviews at all on their site. And I found that to be a little odd. Um, I guess I don't know what the norm is. But now you can leave reviews for your Switch games on their website, which is kind of cool. Um, if, you, if you go on there, um, they already have five reviews for the uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> and... Uh, so I don't know. I think I think it's good that they did that to make it easy for you to, you know, leave reviews at the source site. I think that's kind yeah. Of cool. it's, it's nice the if you're looking through a store of going like what games do I want to buy, you want to know if the game's good or not because yeah, right now if you're trying to figure out like uh, I'm trying to think of a random ass uh, Switch game. Um, uh, Heroes for Hire. That's a game I own. Um, isn't that a? Isn't that an indie game though? Oh uh, yeah, it's a little. I mean, yeah. They're Do like, they have reviews for indie games too? I guess I would I hope so. I would hope that all of their stuff uh, has been Heroes. That's the game I'm thinking of. Um, because I think I think Splatoon two, Mario Odyssey, all their first prior titles you've probably heard of, but when you're looking at their their story you're gonna want to know about their other games um well let me pull up stardew valley on the nintendo switch it does they do let you review all of them that's awesome that's really cool because like now i can go leave like a three-star review or a four-star review on stardew valley for the switch and i can say hey this is a really cool port but there are a few things they could do to improve it. Like not counting all of your hours that the system is in sleep mode and your game was just left there. And so now I have like 500 hours in Stardew Valley, but I've probably actually played only like 30. But that's cool. That's a cool glitch. Anyway. That seems <laughs> incredibly nitpicky, but okay. Well, okay. I mean, there's actual like gameplay mechanics that they could improve, but that one bothered me the most because I went to check how many hours I had in Stardew and it's like, it says like close to 500 and I'm like, no, <laughs> not even close. 
close. <laughs> like, no. Maybe, like, like a, a 20th of that. Like, ow. Oh, it's a disaster for me. I kind of, okay. like, I haven't been a able disaster. to open my game since then. It's a disaster. I'm, like, I'm in the first, I'm in summer of the first year, and I have 500 hours, and I don't have shit to show for it. Like, it just looks really bad to me. Who is looking at that information other than you? Uh, one of my friends, when I added him on the Switch, was like, why do you have this many hours on Stardew Valley? And I'm like, what? I don't. And I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> what happened? Uh, so yeah, that's a cool thing. It definitely helps when people are look, <laughs> looking at games to see how good they are, what people think of them. So that is the news for this episode, which brings us to the infamous topic of the show. Yes. Tots, 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 tots. Tots, um, I saw this on Reddit, um, and I've, I've definitely, uh, heard other podcasts kind of top, uh, tackle this, uh, topic, but I thought it would be cool for us to weigh in. What are some good games to introduce someone to gaming and the con, uh, concepts of the wider, wider context of gaming? Uh, be that a girlfriend, a friend who's never gamed, uh, young, young adult, um... Uh, and and I think when when talking about wider concepts, like there's, if you've grown up as as a gamer, you can pick up a game and kind of have a basic idea of where to go, what to do. You play a shooter, you're kind of like, okay, enemies are there. That is the way I'm supposed to go. Things like that. Um, what are games that will help introduce people to those kind of concepts? And and you know, what are some good starter games? What do you think, Darian? That's a really hard question. Um, I guess it depends on what genre you're going to start with. You know, like if I was going to introduce my boyfriend to an RPG, I'd probably pick something that's like a simpler RPG. Um, The first thing that comes to my mind is Kingdom Hearts because it was the one that got me started on RPGs. And I know that overall its mechanics are easy to grasp. Um, So I guess I'd try to find the, the, you know, the simpler games in each genre and you know something that i might be biased towards so that if they have questions i i would hopefully know the answer or be able to help them with it i guess it's weird that you bring this up because the other night i was explaining something in a game and david was like i was explaining narrative games to him and i was like i just kept saying narrative games and he's like i don't know what that means i'm like how do i put this into words that a non-gamer would understand a story focused game I, well, yeah, and I said that, and he's like, I don't get it. And I'm like, you've played Diablo. It's like if you took Diablo and you just ran through it and someone was talking to you the whole time. There wasn't any fighting or combat or anything like that. Like, it was just someone telling you a story while you're walking through the world of Diablo. And he's like, okay. <laughs> like, he got it with that, and I was like, why? <laughs> like, what? But okay. So. I mean, David tends to play uh, PUBG and kind of, competitive type stuff so i can i can understand him like i i totally know that as a type of gamer that there's a lot of people who don't really do narrative that other like it's a little bit of a niche uh game genre to be honest i'm kind of like well the fact that like someone has not played a game that doesn't have a story at all is kind of buck wild but well and he has 
But and 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 like he's played Bioshock, which has a story. Yeah, totally. It's not a narrative game, but it does have a story. Uh, it is story driven. The, the first Bioshock. I don't think the first tra- Bioshock would be considered a narrative. I mean, I the narrative there is very good. It's it's definitely not the focus, but right. de- definitely the the reveal and stuff definitely has mm-hmm. a like knock you on your your feet moment. So mm-hmm. I would say the narrative to Bioshock is very good, but I wouldn't say it is a narrative game. Right. So explaining something like that to him where it's like it's a game you're just like walking sim specifically. I was trying to explain Edith Finch to him and I was like it you ju- it's just walking through a game, seeing different things, interacting with the world without having to worry about any sort of combat, anything, you know, it's it's just hearing a story in a game. It's it's like a visual novel but a little bit more interactive. <laughs> So, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'd probably start with, like, the simpler games in each genre, like I said before. You know, Kingdom Hearts. I'd probably, for open world games, I'd get him into something that I know is wildly successful, like um, Fallout or Skyrim. Um, uh, platformers would be pretty easy. There's, like, so many awesome platformers. Um Starting with the classics like Mario or, like, going into something like Shovel Knight that you know is successful and is well received um what would you do well see i think i think when you're where you're thinking uh if you're if you're taking someone who's never played games i mean a if if i do know that they are big into stories if they love movies or something i would try and get them into something uh, I probably wouldn't even go Edith Finch because Edith Finch has some very complicated game like the 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 first story where you're kind of controlling those animals like that I even had a little bit of trouble with that cat I got mm-hmm. stuck on stuff um I would honestly probably try and start them on something 2d where they can just kind of get the basic controls in two dimensions figured out the jumping the the just the using a controller because i wouldn't want to give them camera movement before they Mm. have have basic stuff so i would try and stay away from 3d uh once they've kind of got a a 2d game kind of focused i would probably go to portal one because that kind of it's it's slow uh give gives you uh uh camera control but gives you some very uh, a, a good introduction to kind of what games can be and what they are and gives you a good story. So I'd say that's kind of a good a good uh, what once you have the basics of how to use a controller down, that's a good like introduction game. A little transitioning into the more complicated stuff. That's smart. I actually made David play uh, Portal One when we first started dating and he loved it. He has yet to play Portal Two. Um because of some weird situation we went through, but um, we have it. Well, he had Xbox Live on his 360, and then he couldn't renew it, so like he stopped using his Xbox 360 altogether. Okay. Um, and my the, my Portal Two copy that I had for him to play is on the Xbox 360. Oh, so well. he ha- just hasn't taken time to like reset up his Xbox 360 and play it. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's weird that you say like transition into portal one because that's something that i accidentally did so i yeah. I thought that was kind of ironic <laughs> I, I feel like that's a good uh uh start and then 
I don't know. I would. I feel like they. I'd want them to try try a few kind of linear experiences, uh, and before I uh, got them into something like Grand Theft Auto, um, because I would want them to try a open world experience. And I feel like Grand Theft Auto has such a variety of things to do that it is like a good open world experience. Uh, but definitely don't give someone free, like, I would not want someone to get into an open world game too early because you can definitely right. get like sensory overload of so much mm-hmm. stuff going on and they won't know where to go. So I think, I think you need to transition them from like something that is very like, you have to go here or else just, there's nowhere else to go. It's very linear. Uh, then you'd want something with like some side missions where you have a linear experience, but there are some like side quests, but not really too much until into something more open. Uh, if they if they do if I do know that they are more story uh, focused person, I'll probably uh, try and and have them do a, a narrative uh, game. And definitely, definitely if if there is some good uh, co op experiences, that's also. Um, some good stuff, some like snipper clips or something. Get them into uh, an old game that I used to play, Ibn Ab. Never heard of it's, it. It's uh, it's a kind of a platformer. It's it's uh, it kind of starts to. That's something you'd want to wait a little bit because it gets into a little bit more of the complicated game mechanics. Like you have to worry with physics and stuff with it. It's kind of cool. It was a lot of fun for the amount of time I played it. But you're each one of these little blobs <laughs> it's so cute um anyway <laughs> i will say uh maybe in that in that f- once i've kind of got just the basic controls down or even maybe even before that like in that learning your controller thing mario kart oh like, yeah like so many people have experience with mario kart 64 that like that they'll know the basics they can kind of learn like oh this is like what i'm uh, familiar with but it's it's more so you can kind of get concepts of like okay there's more to this and kind of get a handle for for where gaming's gone since the last time they've probably touched a controller yeah yeah get them into like just i don't know finding easy stuff in each one of the genres to introduce them to each genre yeah that's awesome i I think you have a more more like Start with the easy stuff. You have it more yeah, planned I, out. I, I, th- I think, like, if you've been playing games for a long time, you forget that, like, you learned how to use the controller. You didn't know... And I, I think, you know, even... I can I can grab any game. If you I've never played sports game, but if you put a sports game in and hand me the controller, I can figure out what the buttons do pretty quick. But a lot of people... Uh, who have not really gamed, if you hand them a controller and a game, they'll be like, I have no idea what the buttons do. I don't... What? And they'll be like, press X. And they'll, they'll like be looking like, what one's X? Or, like, especially the triggers, like R2, R... Oh, L, yeah. Like, they're like, what? Uh, yeah. So I'm used to the PlayStation controller, so when I started playing an Xbox game, he was... he He's familiar with the Xbox controller, so he's like, left trigger, left bumper, and I'm like, what? Which one's which? What are you talking about? So, yeah, even, like, the simple stuff like that, transitioning between each controller, that could get dicey. De- definitely just get them something easy to understand that just gets their hands on controller, and something they'll enjoy. Like, it needs to be 
Like, don't don't try and get them, oh, this is the greatest game ever, you need to start with this. Get them something simple that they can understand that they'll enjoy. Mm-hmm. Mario Kart. L- people love Mario Kart. Start there. Even if people don't game at all, like, people would buy the Wii for like Mario Kart and like Wii Sports and stuff. So like and 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 motion controls is something else you got to think about too cuz like you might be playing on a Switch and you might be using the Joy-Cons and motion controls can come into that too. So like how what would you start with those? Yeah, it's some some people like a lot of people like motion controls better because it's a lot more instinctively like, "Oh, I want to uh attack with a sword. Swipe my hand like I'm attacking with a sword." It's mm-hmm. easy to understand, but then obviously there's a lot of games that don't use that. So just right. just try and make it as easy for them as possible to get into it, and don't don't act like games are the greatest thing ever because they are really cool to you. But you know people have lived their entire life without gaming, so just mm-hmm. start them start them easy. Well, this brings us to the questions and comments part portion of the show. Do you want to be part of the show? Go to readysetgamecast.com slash submit to submit a question, comment, or which type of sauce you would like to pour onto your head. Uh, why can't it be like what sauce I want on my pasta? Like, <laughs> nope. All sauce must none, be... None. <laughs> none sauce. Sorry, if you want to be on this show, you now have to pour sauce <laughs> <laughs> Set, set the trend. That's my out. <laughs> if I don't pour sauce on my head, cool. Wow. <laughs> wow. There are people who are just pouring <laughs> sauce on their head to be on this podcast, and Darian's like, I don't wanna. So, we have a lot of questions in, uh, and we'll start off with our good friend Matt. He asks, how are you feeling today? Darian? I'm feeling pretty good. I woke up, I didn't have much sleep. I had a really like broken sleep last night. So usually that puts me in a bad mood all day, but I just woke up and it was just in a really good mood and just all day. Like even when people were being mean to me at work, I was just like, whatever, I'm in a good mood, leave me alone. So today I am great. How are you? Uh, I am in the process of moving. I have like two days to do that. And I woke up with a message from my former landlord going like, are you going to move your stuff out? And I'm like, yes, it's not time yet. Like, I'm good. Chill out. <laughs> uh, I've been working on that, and my old place is gross because, um, yeah, a lot of scrubbing. The basement's got a lot of, like, spider webs and stuff, and it's unpleasant. But I've made a lot of progress, and I'm feeling good about that. Woo, progress. Moving is not fun. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to do it again in September, but I will have saved a lot of dollars between the, the moving out of the one place and moving into whatever place I go into next time. And maybe I can get an even nicer place because I'll have more monies. Uh, Matt also asks, if you could only play one game for the rest of time, what would it be? Assuming no constraints, servers, player base, necessary hardware, all available. Um, so I've got a huge conflict in my head because the game that I've probably spent playing most in my life is League of Legends at this point. Okay. But if I had to choose between like League of Legends and Kingdom Hearts, 
I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I... I I definitely like think Kingdom Hearts because it's like I love that game, uh. But I don't think I could play it for the rest of the time because it's very linear and this like the story, I would get tired of that story yeah. pretty quick. So I feel like it has but to be some sort of. But it's experience. like my heart, you know. Oh, so I guess I'd probably honestly have to say League of Legends because it's ever evolving. They're always changing stuff. And, like, how you play the game... How you play the game isn't always necessarily changing, but, like, the meta is always changing. So, like, most effective... Uh, uh, mo meta... Most effective... Tyrannical... A angels. Uh, I think I... I would... I would weirdly go... Uh, Star Trek, the old, or no, nah, Star Wars, the older public. Uh, Wasn't that on like PlayStation Three and Xbox? No, uh, you're thinking Knights of the Old Republic. Mm. The the older public is a MMO, um, oh, set okay. set in the same uh, time deal. It's made by Bioware. Um, mm. Honestly, I would prefer to go with Star Wars Galaxies because like. I remember hearing about that game and being so jazzed, and but my parents were poor and we could not afford such things, mm. um, and it has been shut down to make room for Star Wars: uh, The Old Republic. But I really like the Star Wars universe, and I think I think it would have to be an online uh, game for me to want to play it for the rest of time. So I guess I'd probably go with that one. Um, so. League of Legends? Yeah, probably League of Legends. Uh, so, our next question was sent by the Yuriest Gaspar. So, I'm not sure if that's actually Yuri, but whatever. <laughs> uh, reactions to the announcement that Spyro is being remastered and could be in our hands by the end of the year. Oh, so he wants our reaction. Uh, I know that my wife is... Uh, I know what my wife is getting for Christmas. Uh, so Aww. yeah, it was news that uh, the Spyro. Uh, let me see. Isn't Spyro getting the same Crash Bandicoot treatment? Yeah, it's it's uh, similar to the the Crash Bandicoot one. It is the Year of the Dragon. I'm trying. I'm trying to find out which it's. It's three games. I'm trying to figure out which three games it is. Um, which I will totally find out while speaking, so that you, you have know. to hear the clicks. Spyro the Dragon, Ripto's Rage, and Year of the Dragon. Okay, so yeah, so it's the original Spyro trilogy: Spyro, Ripto's Rage, and Year of the Dragon. Um, so, I remember having the original Spyro for PS1 and did not play very much of it and was not that big of a fan. So, I don't I remember really that you could unlock the tutorial or, like, a, a little bit of a sneak peek in one of the Crash Bandicoot games. And I would frequently do that because my parents wouldn't buy me the game. And I loved Spyro, but I didn't actually get the full Spyro experience. So, I'm totally on board for this so that I can actually play Spyro. I realize now that I could probably have gotten like the 
PlayStation 1 version on the PlayStation Store. Yeah. Um, because I did that with the Crash Bandicoot games, but I'm pretty excited for it. Um, I hope it's as pretty as Crash Bandicoot is because that remaster was beautiful. I th- I think with 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 make or remaking PS1 games like they need to fix the controls because if you p- play a game from back then they didn't quite know what to do with the uh dual sticks and stuff and a lot of things were not great like they had some games had like camera controlled by like the buttons and it was like bad so if they if they fix the controls it might be a lot better did Spyro have bad controls like that? I feel like it did. Because I remember Spyro being very, like, old. And I think that was one of the issues I had with... I mean, I at the time, I had a PS1. But I remember just not mm-hmm. liking the way it played. Um, well, and that might have been released in the weird time before the PlayStation controllers had joysticks and stuff. Yeah. Because there was a time when they didn't. Oh, yeah. And yeah. So maybe you had a controller that had the joysticks, but it didn't have joystick control in the first game or something like that. I just remembered that uh, I played the Ratchet and Clank um, HD uh, version, um, where they re-released the Ratchet and Clank games for I think PS3, um, and they kept the old controls, and they were just very bad. Like I couldn't I couldn't play the first couple games because the the controls just were like bad i had to i had to jump ahead um so next question link's younger brother chain says dexterity i see you playing zelda through the window at night no uh i see you playing zelda what's your favorite thing in the world so far second part how do you stream with people chatting over single player content Okay, so I read this um, right after he submitted it, um, and I, I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, so first of all, my favorite thing about Zelda is the complexity of this one. Um, I, I like all of the different aspects of the game. I, I like the exploring, the survival aspects, the um, way you have to think about the puzzles in the in the shrines and everything. I like the story that's going on. Um, I know that a lot of people complain that there's not a lot of story, but there kind of is. <laughs> like, it's just really subtle. It's not really the forefront of the game, but there's definitely a story going on. You're definitely going around and trying to basically be the. Um, oh God, what were the chosen ones called again? They were like. Uh, it wasn't Guardians, because that's the name of the no, bad stuff. Yeah. Uh, she is looking in her Prima Guide uh, for the game, because she can't just play normal. She has to look up the answers well, to all okay. the shrines. Like, look at this fucking thing. It's a very pretty book with all the answers to how, how to win the game. It, it tells very... me how to play. Um, God. Whatever the chosen ones were called. God, because, like, um, you know, Mifa and the bird guy and the Garuda lady and, yeah. Anyway, whatever they were called. Okay. Like, you 
you have to go and be in charge of the guys that like four different people were in charge of and you just get all of them right like it's there's some complex stuff going i mean you're kind of like avenging their deaths because they did die and then when they do die they kind of like retake control of the beast it's not like you're yeah, like they died and they were trapped in there for a century. Like their souls were just trapped there because Ganon took control of their little dudes. And you were just napping. And you were just napping. No, because didn't Link die and then they rev- they uh, revived him? I guess. Yeah. I mean, he 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 wasn't just napping. <laughs> was he, uh, I think I think he didn't die. He was just near death, and they. They, like, had to put him in the thing to, like, get, fix him. Because. No, he did die. Or did he? Well, why didn't they go fix the other people? Bunch of jerks. Um, I think it was because they, they said this. Zelda explained this in the beginning. There was, like, or someone did. Maybe the king did. And there was the there was like one revival stone or whatever, and they had to go to that one place and bring the bodies there. And Zelda chose Link because Link's the. I I th- I, th- I think that just like uh, Link with was with Zelda, whereas the other ones were at the beasts. Um, so it was easy for Zelda to help him. Um. Anyway. Um, can you, oh, uh, the other, the other question. The second part. So I stream with people chatting over my single player content. Did you answer what your favorite thing in the world was? Because. Yeah, I mean, not the, uh, just the game in general, the whole thing, how complex it is, all the different aspects. I guess my favorite thing is when you find a Korok and (laughs) they talk to you. It's so cute. (laughs) The little sound they make when you find them, like, yeah. <laughs> like oh, I've done you. <laughs> anyway, okay, <laughs> I think that's part. really cute. Second part, um, when I'm playing a single player game, like most of the time when I'm streaming, I'm sitting in my Discord um, because I like chatting with the people in my Discord. They're all my friends, so I guess I consider it the same way as like if I, you know, when I was growing up, I played games alone in my bedroom, but like I'd call my friends up and chat with them every once in a while. Like I can still chat with them while I'm playing the game and I feel like it's just a another level of um chat interaction because I can talk to the people in my Discord and a lot of times I'll have people in my Discord who will help me read my chat <laughs> and I struggle with reading chat. So they'll help me keep track of that a lot of the times. Um so um, a lot of times, if something big is coming up, I'll either ask them to be quiet or, like, I'll mute them or something. Um, like, if I'm watching a, a cutscene, generally there's only one or two people who will actually come in and chat with me during it. And one of them is someone who's played the game, and he, he'll guide me through, like, what I'm doing or, or tell me what to do next or help me out with it a little bit, um, which he hasn't had to do since I bought the game or got bought the game guide. But... Uh, for the most part, it's 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 to help with chat interaction, um, and because it's just something I'm used to, which I realize can be annoying for audiences, um, and I apologize for that. Um, it's just something I'm used to. I don't like. I think with Zelda, like, there's not ninety percent of the time there's not anything really going on that it mm-hmm. matters. Like, if it was something with a story, I could definitely see like why that would be an issue but with something like 
Stardew or or anything that doesn't really have uh, a, a voice acting, a story constantly mm-hmm. going on, then yeah, why not talk to people uh, while you're streaming? Yeah, like when I play Edith Finch, ninety um, percent of the time I'm ninety uh, percent. I played that game t- twice on my stream, and I think the first time I was in Discord for a little bit, but I ended up leaving it because people would talk over the dialogue and I was paying attention to the dialogue um, and I wasn't paying attention to what people were saying. So I was like, hey, I'm going to go do this. Like, you can chat to me in the chat, but I'm not chatting with you in here. Um, But the second time playing through, like, I'd already played it. I was mostly playing through to get notes. um, And so that time I had someone in there with me. But if it's something like that, like when I play Rumu, probably not going to be in Discord chatting with people i'm sure there's going to be <clears throat> some kind of audio aspect where i don't oh, want yeah. other people chatting over it the uh it seems like the voice acting for that's going to be real good uh, especially <laughs> based on the trailer it looks very, very did good. you download that game and you're just sitting on it now yeah i, I purchased it and I'm, I'm i haven't played it yet because i mean i don't really want to play another story game until we've got the the edith finch one done right uh, so i don't have like other stories in my head so we just right. need to find time which has been hard because Gotta i've been moving thing. right uh so for another uh question darren can read this one it's, it's... okay please read the following secrets Wait, of numbers who, who sent the from question yuri's assistant okay this totally isn't an activation code for Bryce's clone slash robot. One one six fourteen three pineapple square enter. Kill the president. <laughs> oh my god, no! Don't say that! What is happening? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Yikes. That's uh Probably not. Uh... Wait, they, they, <laughs> they forgot the confirmation uh, code, so I'm good. Oh, rip. There you go. So, okay, I know we don't, we're not supposed to act, uh, interact with chat, but the last line in there is, Darian's voice is like a mix of soft but, like, dead inside stale. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. Yuri Gaspar sent in a question two questions which but like i think he sent in all but two of these well i'm I'm confused if if they like how many of these are actually yuri and how many of them are just because people know that yuri sends and stuff <laughs> um that's fair so he said, God of War 1-2-3 made me interested in Greek mythology. Are there any other games that have made you want to learn more about the subject? I would say that, um, Frick, what's that, uh, narrative game that we we chose for, like, dealt with mental illness? Hellblade. Sen- Senna's, yeah, yeah. Senua's Sacrifice. Um, that, uh, deal with uh Norse mythology a lot and uh I did end up like looking into it to see like is this correct is this the... I mean because we 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 see North myth myth North mythology represented in things like the movie the Thor movies and stuff um like in Thor uh 
Frick, Hela is is uh, Thor and Loki's uh, sister, wherein uh, Hellblade, and it turns out the actual mythology, uh, uh, Hela is uh, Loki's daughter. Um, mm. So, so kind of, I ended up like looking into that more to to find out like, oh, where are the inconsistencies? Where like, which one of these is correct? Um, it seems like they kind of uh, got that uh, right. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other game that did make me kind of just kind of look into stuff and go like, oh, you know, how much is this is right? Uh, wh- what about you? I can't think of any games that made me do that. I can think of movies that and like TV shows and different media that made me look into stuff, but I can't really think of any games that have done that. Um... I will say that I think Kingdom Hearts uh, did make me check out some uh, Disney movies that I hadn't previously, like the older uh, movies, um, Snow White and such. <laughs> I hadn't Kingdom watched. Hearts 2 made me look into the Final Fantasy X series a little bit more closely because they had uh, Yuna, Riku, and Pain as fairies in Kingdom Hearts 2, and I was like, I don't remember like i didn't remember pain at all from final fantasy 10 um because she's not in final fantasy 10 she's in 10 too um but that's not really i i I played a little bit of those games after that but yeah i only played a little bit of 10 i i don't know how far into it i got i felt like i played a while but it i felt like that is like a long game that i even playing a while, you Final might Fantasy not get that far. Final Fantasy is a very long game. I I got stuck at one part, and I just, I wanted to go back, and I just, like, knowing that that part is there and how difficult it was for me, I can't. Makes me really sad, because I know the story is really good, but. Yeah. The the uh, Coliseum section uh, definitely made me want to learn more about his character, so it definitely makes me want to play more of that, uh, but uh that would involve a whole lot and trying to play 10 to or play play uh 10 right now would be like who's is that wait, is uh, that on ps4 Cloud is seven no the 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 guy the red guy with the in the in, in kingdom hearts 2 the, yeah, the coliseum yeah, it, yeah in the underworld yeah yeah um yeah he his i i remember seeing him um in the early parts but definitely the the uh him in the underworld made me go like, oh, there's more going on with him than I was aware of, which mm-hmm. seemed like there was a lot going on altogether than I was aware of. Um, so yeah, uh, I think I think the only one I can really think of is, is Hellblade that kind of made me look into the Norse mythology stuff, which I guess is in the same uh, vein of, of what Yuri had as he looked into the Greek mythology. Um, which is interesting that like, there's a Hercules TV show with Kevin Sorbo. The uh, live that was, action one? Yeah, that was on in like the 90s that my parents Hercules let me watch. Hercules and Xena. Yeah, let me watch. And from my recollection, that that show was fairly uh, accurate to uh, Greek mythology of like the people are related in the ways that they they should be. Uh, so I, I know a little bit of Greek mythology because of that. Um I read a book in sixth grade that was uh, based off of Persephone's story, but it was very loosely based on it, so that, that kind of kicked me into the Greek mythology. 
feel like everybody at some point has studied that at least a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's a Greek, Greek mythology seems to uh, penetrate pop culture a lot that it's easy mm-hmm. to kind of uh, learn about that and kind of become interested. Uh, the next uh, question, neither of us has anything to say about, but I'm going to read it anyway. Yuri asks, I'm enjoying Monster Hunter, although I don't understand the mechanics as well as I think I'd like to. Are you guys playing Monster Hunter? And if so, what is your favorite weapon, beast, and palico armor? I am not playing Monster Hunter. That game wasn't even on my spectrum. The I'm aware I of it. It's, I know yeah, I know people. I know people love it, uh, but I also know it's kind of a niche game style, and seems to be like something you would want to play with others. Uh, so I think the sling blade, because I heard of that one maybe. The the palico armor is the one from Frick. What is the game that was gonna be game of the year, but we had to battle them to the death to to defeat? In our game of the year discussion. Oh, um, the oh fuck, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Hori- yeah, the Horizon Zero Dawn palico armor. I've seen that one. So bam, there's your answers. Uh. <laughs> I, I'm I'm vaguely aware of video game stuff enough to know that the there's a sling blade and there's a, a uh, Horizon Zero Dawn uh, armor. Palicos are cats in the video game. They're your little friends. Okay. And you can customize them. You can make them look cute. Uh, I like cats. I believe it. So, this brings us to housekeeping. Go to readysetgamecast.com for links to the podcast on all your favorite podcast services, including iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, as well as the video version on youtube.com slash lastgeek. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes and Stitcher. It helps us grow and become more powerful. Um, also, uh, last Friday... Uh, the episode one of Game Mate Corp came out, so technically the second episode, just because I, I need to have an episode zero so that one of them can be bad. Uh, but episode one of Game Mate Corp uh, came out. Uh, you can go to GameMateCorp.com for links to the podcast uh, on all the different services. Uh, also, we might be on Alexa-enabled devices. Uh, Alexa, play Game Mate Corp. If your Alexa started doing the thing, then then it worked, and we are, but we might not be. I don't know. Uh, just if, try it. Um, that brings us to the end of the show. Hey, Darren, where can people find you? They can find me at twitch.tv forward slash dexterity, but it's spelled wrong. Um, same with uh, YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and... Um, Dexterity.com. Still spelled wrong. What about you, Bryce? <laughs> uh, Becker's on uh, Game A Corp. I, I do do this with her, and she's thinking of changing her Twitter handle this like, actually Becker's, so that when she says it, she doesn't have to, like, spell it out, like, B-R-K-Z, <laughs> or whatever it is. It's, it's B-K-R-Z. Is it? Okay. There. Nailed it. <laughs> um, lastgeek.com for links to 
uh, all of the stuff I'm working on, Game Mate Corp, Ready Set Gamecast. Uh, when I have more podcasts, there'll also be links there. You can also find my Twitter and the Facebook there. Um, so I think glassgeek.com, you can find pretty much anything. But if you're already got the Twitter application open, uh, it's at lastgeek. Um, Instagram is lastgeekplays. Facebook is lastgeek. And subscribe to Game A Corp. It's a good podcast. Darian said so that one time. It is a good po- podcast. I, I was really mean about the first one. She was. Like, I was extremely critical about the first one, like episode zero. But then this one came out, and I was like, is this the same podcast? <laughs> it was. It's really good. You should listen to it. I highly recommend it. I Aww. rated it on iTunes. You did. I, I read that review and I was like, I like how she's not actually saying the podcast is good. She just said, the, like, I like the this kind of idea. I like the concept. <laughs> yeah. And I'm excited to see the concept evolve. <laughs> I was very, uh, well, that was before I listened to the first episode. That was, uh, a, the, well, episode one. That was after I listened to episode zero. And I wasn't going to, like, be nearly as critical and, like, I wasn't going to be a big butthead on your review. I was like, oh, I'll just keep these things for price. And I like it. We did an episode zero of uh, Race Set Gamecast, and I feel like well, you need to do one to just kind of shake stuff loose. And I I think, you know, Race Set Gamecast has evolved a lot over the last... Yeah. I feel like I want to go back and listen to our episode zero now that we're oh, yeah, 13 it's... episodes in. I bet it's cringy as hell. Oh, even, yeah. Uh, we've definitely improved and i think with any we're gonna be launching new podcasts and i'm sure the first narrative adventure is gonna be hot garbage it's probably yeah it's gonna be rough that one i feel like we're gonna need to talk about that one a little bit more yeah we'll figure that out but thank you for listening to this episode and we will see you again in two weeks bye